Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, a fascinating passage. Hebrews 10, verses 11 through 25. I invite you to follow along. The uh, scripture is in your bulletin. And every priest stands day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never take away our sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since then, he has been waiting until his enemies shall be made a footstool at his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us or after saying, this is my covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their heart. I will write it on their minds. He also adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, my friends... Since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by, in other words, the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his own faith. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. At the very end of his uh, riveting book, Brian Stevens, the book entitled Just Mercy, Brian Stevens tells a story about being in a courtroom and he catches the eye of a black woman who had been there through the entire trial. She smiles at him. And so he goes over to uh, talk to her and ask her if the person on trial is a relative. And she replies, no, no, I, I, I have been coming to this courtroom for a very long time because there's so much pain here, you see. You see, uh, my grandson was murdered 15 years ago by some boys in the neighborhood. And I, I came to that trial grieving because my grandson meant more to me than life itself. 
But when the verdict came down and those boys were sent to prison forever, I didn't feel any better. In fact, I felt worse. And so I've been coming here day after day and sitting in this courtroom and seeing people being sent to prison, being disposed of as if their life didn't matter, hearing hurtful things said one to the other, people grieving, people in pain. I guess you could say that I come here to catch the stones that people are throwing one another and so that the grieving people can lean in to me and perhaps get some relief. And then she said to Brian Stevenson, I've seen your work here. You are a stone catcher too, aren't you? And he said, well, I guess I am. Being the church person that Brian Stevenson is, he recognized where that came from, and probably you do too. It comes from the story in John's Gospel of the woman caught in adultery and, uh, and, and the people who wanted to stone her and Jesus saying to them, those without sin cast the first stone. You remember that story. She called Brian Stevenson a stone catcher. And then she did something extraordinary. She took his hands and began to rub them. And she said, it must hurt a lot catching all those stones. Your hands need some rubbing, don't they? And he said, yes, they do. It's a remarkable story. First time I read it, I realized that's our vocation as Christians, isn't it? To be stone catchers. It's a perfect story for our scripture lesson this morning because um, the author of the book of Hebrews says that Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for our sin. Now, it's important to note here that sacrifice doesn't mean substitution. It means dedication to. It means to place oneself in the place of sin and brokenness. That's what that means. And the sins that Hebrew refers to uh, are not just individual sins. They're uh, not, not, not the kinds of sin, perhaps, that... Uh, that uh, we often confess in our daily lives of the little things that go on, I, the kinds of th things that, 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 that I confess, of not being as open as I should of, or to this, that, and the other, of, of the things that I've said, the things that I've done, left undone in my personal life. The kinds of sin that, that the book of Hebrews talks about is corporate sins, too. It's the kind of big sins that are in the world, the racism, the sexism, the homophobia in our world, the classism, the economic sins, the political percussiveness that happens in our world, that's what, that's what uh, the book of Hebrews is defining as sin. Theologian Ted Jennings um, says it very well when he says that when Jesus tells us to confess our sin, he's not talking about a long list of personal sins. He's talking about our participation in a, a world that rules by violence and imitation of violence 
And he says it happens in everyone's life. It happens in the lives of the elite as well as our enemies. It happens in the lives of the privileged as well as the excluded. It may happen in different ways, but it happens. It's the violence of our world where Jesus placed himself. You see, Jesus was a stone catcher. He absorbed the sins of the world, exposed them by absorbing them, and named them for what they are, which is the first move towards healing them. That's who Jesus was. That's what what he he did. And that's what disciples are called to be and do in the world. We're called to be stone catchers. We're, 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 We're called... to to cast the stones that are thrown at one another and to ourselves, the stones of racism and homophobia, a racism that confounds us, political realities that are so violent and percussive in our world, gerrymandering violence, the violence of voter suppression, the things that we see on TV on a regular basis, the thing that we see in our our neighborhoods. Jesus, Jesus is inviting us to be stone catchers in these ways and the gendered violence that pervades our world. We could name all kinds of ways in which violence is in our world and we're called to be a stone catcher. You know, the interesting thing about the book of Hebrews and when, 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 when he talks about sin and Jesus offering himself a sacrifice for sin, in other words, Jesus being a stone catcher, and, and uh, that the, the book of Hebrews invites us to do, yes, the same, but it uses an interesting word in inviting us to do that. It says that we should provoke one another to love. <laughs> provoke one another to love. Now, the Greek word for provoke there is interesting. It can mean to irritate. It can mean to be exasperating. It can mean that. My teacher, Doug Otati, talked about being in the world as, but Christians being in the world as to be feisty and to be a nuisance. That's what he said. I think that's right. Now, now some of you who have been around Union Theological Seminary for a while, and I know both lay, lay and clergy who have been around Union Theological Seminary for a while, remember that in the 70s and 80s, there was a person who hung around the seminary. Her name was Miss Lily. Do you remember Miss Lily? She was a constant presence on the seminary. She was as much as part of our theological education as, as reading Karl Barth or, or any of the other theologians that we read because uh, Mrs. Miss Lily was, was, a, was a, shall we say, a character? Yes, she was. She was a character. She was a member of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church, and she planted herself on campus um, to test, I think, uh, the, um, the, the incoming students, the, 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 the to-be Presbyterian ministers or whatever denomination. And, uh, and she, always, she always wore a coat with big lapels and they had to be big lapels because she had all of these buttons on them political buttons nuclear freeze buttons decrying all kinds of violence in the world animal experimentation decrying wars that were long past she also had a button uh, uh, that, that was that was supporting uh, Carter and Mondale and she wore that button long after uh, Reagan beat Carter and Mondale because she loved Jimmy Carter so much now 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 miss miss Lily had a 
had a slight limp and she wasn't, she didn't seem very quick, but she could be up on you in a moment and she could buttonhold you. And the first thing she would ask are, do they still teach the Bible here? And of course, your answer is yes. Yes, Miss Lula, they, they teach the Bible here. And then she would respond, well, they, do they teach all of it? And you're seeing these buttons while she's, while she's asking you these questions. You think, now, what is, is this a test? What is this? Miss Lily, for some reason, took a liking to me. She, didn't, she, she asked for my name, first of all, and I gave her my name, but she didn't call me Roger. She called me Gensch. And then that morphed into Genshi. And she hung out on, on the front of the old library. You remember where the old library was? She'd hang out in the vestibule in front of the old library. And, and as, as soon as I caught sight of her, I tried to, tried to skedaddle in a different direction. And as, as I was on my way out, she says, Genshi, how's your wife? And then she'd be up on me in a moment. And she'd say the same thing every time. Do they still teach the Bible here, Genshi? I'd say, yes, Miss Liv, they teach the Bible. Do they teach all of it? I'd say, well, that's a good question, Miss Millie. I think this is a test. But yes, I think they teach all of it. And then she would often say, can I pray with you? And she would take my hands and she would start into a long, extended prayer that included everything she had read that day in the New York Times. <laughs> you see, Miss Lilly would also spend a lot of time in the library. And you remember the old library had this big, did this big table where all the, all the newspapers were, were kind of spread out over the table, and she would spend, she wouldn't sit down, she would spend time going around the table. And, and, and then she would pray for very things that were in the New York Times that day. And it was, it was an education, I will tell you. Now, I'll never forget the time that I was leaving. I was trying to skedaddle after one of these prayers. And she said to me, Now, Genshi, pray for Delaware. And I must have had a shocked look in my face. I said, Delaware? And she said, They're voting on slot machines next week. I said, oh, I'll pray for Delaware. Miss Lily. Now, I've been on the seminary campus since then. I don't think they have a Miss Lily on campus. Miss Lily, I think, died in the 90s, sadly. I've often thought in my retirement that maybe I should take her place. <laughs> Buttonhole students and ask them, do they still teach the Bible around here? All of it? Political buttons on my... I suspect, though, that some in the biblical faculty might take issue with that. Maybe. <laughs> Miss Lily was a stone catcher. She was a witness to all of us of what we're called to be and do in our Christian vocation. To be mindful of the violence in the world and to name it in order to heal it and transform it. I dare say the church is a society of stone catchers. It's our vocation. This is Dedication Sunday, a time when we not only dedicate our financial resources, but we rededicate um, our lives, our commitments. 
We, can, we, we, we dedicate our minds, our hearts, and our wills. We rededicate all of who we are to be the kinds of people we're supposed to be in the world, which is to catch the stones that are thrown one at the other, to be aware of them, to feel the pain behind them, and to know that God in Christ is about healing those wounds. It's what we dedicate here today, a commitment to be that kind of people and to support a community that is a collection of stone catchers, to be the kind of people that follow Jesus into the world, into the tensions of the world, into the places that are very uncomfortable to live in so that we can bring about a grace and a peace for everyone we meet, for every place that we go, for our community and for our world. May it be so. Let us pray. Oh God, you have indeed called us to follow Jesus into the world to follow Jesus into those broken places. We come here today to rededicate our lives to be that kind of people, to be a beachhead of the new creation, to be a place where we learn and we feel and we understand the cries and the sufferings of the world, where we learn to catch the stones that are thrown one at the other. And we learn to be a healing presence. May we rededicate our minds, our hearts, our wills, our resources, and all of who we are to be about that kind of stone-catching people. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.